0: I'm Aon
1: and I'm the Lioness
0: and you're listening to box number 512 podcast
1: Role black trans woman talk changing your world one conversation at a time
0: the show begins now If you would like to see this episode, along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all back to the show hey y'all welcome to another installment of box number five so podcast grown black trans women talk i am your host Ayan, and i'm the
1: lioness how y'all feel? so i
0: will be. i will get into updates um okay. i'll go first um i don't have that many updates this week i am working <laughs> i mean that's all i can do um, work has been very intense over the summer, so I try to have my little moments of respite when I can. But work has really been intense. And no shade on a personal note, I, I feel like since I'm leaving, girl, work has been getting more intense. I thought I really was gonna slide and glide through the summer, my last couple of months here, girl, and it has not been a slide and a glide, bitch. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> bitches raises on the slide, girl. i'm I'm trying to find my way um but right now i'm actually in the process of hiring for my position that i have um my position that's going to start in 2022 so um it it hasn't been stressful it's been overwhelming getting through the applications because we did have a lot of people apply but it's it's been a very Full circle experience for me to, as somebody that applies to a lot of stuff and that applies to a lot of stuff at the top of this year, it's been a very um, humbling and enlightening experience being on the other side and um, going through applications and um, setting interviews and reaching out to folks and having contact with folks. So it, it's it's nice to finally. Be on the other side and kind of critique applications because I feel like it'll make me a better applicant moving forward when I apply for other stuff. So it, it, it's nice that I'm able to have this experience. Um, I want to give a shout
1: out. quick question on that: What is it like? So as an as an interview, I mean, or as an as an application reviewer, do you what do you do you find yourself like looking for certain types of applicants? Like, how are you navigating? um for me
0: so we didn't ask for that many like application materials for me the thing that always has the most weight is the cover letter like I'm looking for a cover letter that um that it that effectively conve- conveys like a mix of talent passion and personality um I think a lot of times for a lot of the like a lot of these like Especially the public interest positions, I think people can kind of lead with with like their pedigree and like what they've done and a lot of people like to name drop. But for me that's not important. Like I feel like especially for a competitive competitive fellowship, I need to have a sense of who you are without even meeting you. And, and who you are doesn't necessarily come from who you associate with. It comes from you explaining like why you are passionate about the things that drive you to wanna in this case wanna be a lawyer, wanna to practice like civil rights law. So I need to get a sense of who you are beyond the beyond the the obvious as to why you should even get to the interview. Right. So And the people that I kind of mentored and coached and that reached out to me, I feel like I made that very clear to them. Because you're applying for something where everybody has amazing grades. Everybody has written something. Everybody has gone to like a tier one Ivy League law school. What Give me something besides that that's going to nudge you over the edge as to why you deserve opportunity to interview and ultimately why you deserve this position. Cause that's the stuff that, in my opinion, that's the things that really matter to me. If you if you've written for a judge or you're sending me an assignment or she got an A on, okay, it's very clear that you can write. But if, at least in the public interest side, in my opinion, it's a it's more about personality and it's more about passion. So anybody that's if I'm ever hiring or even when I've coached people to apply for stuff, I always try to tell them to lead with their personality.
1: Mm -hmm. because because
0: you want to stand out and in a sea of hundreds of applicants you want to be memorable so part part of that is learning how to inject certain parts of your personality into the cover letter and part of that is knowing like how to effectively tell your story and weave in your experiences in order to create a picture for the person that's reading your cover letter or your resume
1: so I think that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted. I think that was a worthy exercise. I really was hoping that you would answer that thoroughly, and you did because I know, as a trans woman now in the hiring spot, it's nice to let people know what they're looking for because there are times where we will apply for jobs and we won't get it, and you all and you'll wonder, is it because I'm trans? And I, sometimes it's not. Sometimes you maybe need to like work on your application and build the package. You know. I I like to think of application and applying for jobs like uh, preparing for a pageant or some type of, you know, social event where you rehearse and you get yourself together, and you prepare your package. I think people if people approach particularly these like high, higher level um, uh, professional positions with that mentality, I feel like a lot of people would avoid wasting time because if you're not passionate, it'll show up. And sometimes,
0: and sometimes it's just not the right time. Then. Sometimes, it's the, sometimes it's not shade. I know in my personal situation, some of the stuff that I applied for, it literally wasn't the right time yet. And then once I got it, and that's my intention because I know we're going to have to send for the one position we're hiring for, it's only one position. It's only one fellowship. So only one person can get that and i am definitely want to make myself available to folks not to tell you like the specifics of why you didn't get it but to encourage them like don't let the one y'all y'all knew what the odds were it was, only, it was only one position like a lot of people apply but we can only one person is going to get this position but don't let this stop you or just because you don't get it now does not mean that you will never work for this organization it just won't be this position, but you can you can always come. If you're really passionate about this organization and passionate about this work, you will come back to this work at some point. So don't, and I'm saying this as somebody that applied for fellowships and stuff this year and was rejected numerous of times. And sometimes I didn't even get an email that I was rejected. They just stopped calling me or they never sent an email. And then I had to meet uh, come across them through a team meeting where we were going to collaborate, and it was like, hey, I know you thought you wasn't going to see me again, but here I am. But it's but at the end of the day, it's just the, yeah. name the, it's the name of the game. So you just... And you have to know when you're applying for competitive stuff, sometimes you're going to win some, sometimes you're going to lose some, but you just have to be in the game. Yeah,
1: thank you for that little management level tidbit.
0: <laughs> yes, but... Uh, Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to Tay Johnson. So I think I said this last week. I'm so happy that DC is opening up because I really feel that I want to be more social in a way that I I couldn't be this past year because this time last year, everything was shut down and events and places are slowly starting to open back up. And people are feeling comfortable to be places mass I'm hoping everybody is vaccinated. I know I'm vaccinated because <clears throat> what the girls are saying on the news is a uh, large majority of the people that are contracting COVID and are that are dying and in hospitals, these hospitals, they're not vaccinated. So mm-hmm. I feel good that I did what I had to do earlier in this year. So in the event that I do get sick, I don't have to die. But anyway... I would, he had, Tay had this event at Mr. Henry's, so they have drag shows every third Saturday, but every second Saturday, every second Saturday, they want to start, they want to start this new, they want to start this new event where they have like the male performers come and do their drag and i'm gonna be honest i've never really frequented the male entertainers that do like pageants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i had a really good time first it was pushed i just gotta give a shout out to black women black women know how to come together amongst themselves to have a good time and i love it and i want that i want that more for us as trans women for us to just come together and come outside and just have a Good time amongst each other, but I had a really good time at the show. All the male entertainers were working just as hard as the the girl the girl drag queens. Like they were performing, entertaining. Like they got all of my tip money. They got all of my tip money, and I met this older gay, black gay man, and we were because t- I went by myself and he came by himself, so they placed us together. And we had a conversation. He ended up paying for my drinks and my food. So I had a really good time. And I would just say it was something nice to do on a Sunday evening. And I had a really good time. So I want to say shout out to Tay. The, again, he's having the Drag Queen review event this Sunday. So I think I'm going to try to go there after I finish what I have to do on Sunday. Because I have some events. But I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. I went to the movies on Friday to see Zola. That was that was a key. It was an interesting movie movie. I really want you and T Air to see it. And then we'll probably, we'll probably dedicate an episode or like a bonus episode of doing a deep dive of Zola. But I really want you and T Air to see it. But I want to see that on Friday. And I've just been trying to catch up on power. I'm almost finished with season four, about to start season five, honey. Power is some tea, power is, power is really some tea, but I'm trying to finish Power. And I think the next show that I'ma start is Snowfall. I'ma try to start okay. Snowfall and catch up on Snowfalls on Hulu, but I've just been trying to balance work and balance my personal life. Dating, dating is still dating. I think I'll talk more about dating in our main topic episode, cause that's just a journey for me. But I'm just, I'm just open for life. Sis, what are your updates?
1: Well, 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 so life is good. Um, Feeling overwhelmed, Um, there's a lot going on. So I know I announced not too too long ago that I was the grammatical keeper of record for Cap Iota Single Audience Incorporated. Well. For those of you who have been following my journey, I have recently been um, appointed the first, Madam First Supreme anti-bassilist, which is a sorority speak for vice president. But in this role, I am specifically and completely and totally in charge of recruitment and intake process. And that's a very exciting reality for me because as someone that went through the process immediately i found myself saying this is something that i want to do this is a dream of mine this is something that i i would love to do because i have always wanted to um first of all create an environment that is a safe haven for trans women but more importantly i've always wanted to build something that i think could help empower trans women in their leadership and so in this position as first supreme anti I will be making sure that I am creating a process that is a safe space for trans women of all religions, races, ages, creeds, and colors, and all that jazz to come and be a part of the magic. Um, We have a fall 2021 line coming up. So for those of you under the sound of my voice, if you're interested in becoming a choral lady of Kappa Iota Sigma Sorority Incorporated, you are more than welcome to hit me up at 1st kiss at gmail.com Again, that email is first, that's the number one s-t-a-n-t-i supreme at, dot kiss k-i-s-s at gmail.com So um, if you're interested, hit me up, send me a letter and just letting me know that you're in- introducing yourself, letting me know that you're interested and, you know, we'll go from there. But I'm very, very excited. Um, being in the position has given me um, a lot of authority in a very short time, but it's something that comes with a lot of, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. So it comes with a lot of responsibility and I'm managing it the best I can. Um, I don't know. I I. You know, it's one of those things when you finally get what you ask for, when you what you pray to God for, even down to the fellowship that I received, even down to a lot of the blessings that I've had now, you know, they come with stewardship. It comes with management. It comes with work. It comes with, and I am enjoying it. And so that's the other side of it. Though I am tired in this moment, I'm like, ooh, it's overwhelming. It feels excellent for to be of service and be useful again. Um, and I find myself thriving in it, learning new skill sets. You know, this position has thrusted me into the place where I'm having to develop things, and come up with systems, and hire for committees. And it's just a wonderful experience. So it's, it's very good for me. Other than that, um, life is fine. My sister in law, she's still um, staying with us, and it's a wonderful experience. Um, and that's a good thing, and I want to put that shout out to her, I want to put that out there you know, you can live with your husband's family trans women, and minute, it don't have to be bad, because I have a okay relationship with my sister-in-law, and you know, um, we have this space where we don't really get in each other's way, so God is good um, other than that I don't really have any other, oh um, this is our Founders Week so Cal okay, Fowler Sigma Sorority Incorporated is having our Founders Week this week Um, Check out the Facebook page if you're interested in finding out more about that. Um, Our Founders Day is this Sunday, July 18th. That is our actual Founders Day. That is the day the magic began and we became the first Greek letter organization for trans women. And um, we are excited about it. Um, But yes, yes, I, I wanted to let you guys know that we're here. We're doing good, and me as a person, I'm thriving as a result of my affiliation with this organization, and if you are interested, please hit me up. Thank you so much, and that's my update, girl. So before
0: we get into the main show today, always got to do housekeeping. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate us five stars, which y'all have been doing also make sure you leave a review of our podcast it helps folks to find our podcast quicker especially if they're looking for podcasts with black and or trans related content thank y'all all for showing out for us and we're going to read oh also shout out to y'all mainly live Lafayette who participated in our wild Sea conversation This past Saturday, we had a beautiful, (laughs) wonderful conversation. If you want to watch that now, make sure you go uh, over to our Patreon page, (laughs) patreon.com.
1: Shout out to Lala. Shout out to Lala. Shout out to Lala. Thank you so much for your participation and your support. I see you on all of our platforms. You are a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fan, and we appreciate you. Uh,
0: Make sure you go on over to patreon.com slash box number five soul podcast so you can watch that in its entirety. We had a really good conversation on Seed. We hope that if you have not read the book yet, that our conversation about some of the themes in that book will encourage you to read the book because it was a really good book. And at some point in the future, I do want to read the, the other companion books to or the sequels to that book. So make sure you go on over there and support Black trans women getting deep, having philosophical conversations. Also, as a reminder, our book for the month of august is the meaning of mariah the meaning of mariah carey by mariah carey so make sure you go and get your hard copies now or if you have a kindle get your kindle or your electronic copy so you can read it now this book is kind of big but i'm still going to read it and make sure y'all get your books our conversation which will be our Final conversation for the summer will be on Saturday, August the fourteenth at eight p.m. on Patreon. So make sure you read the book and make sure you're you you are a supporter on Patreon for as low well as seven dollars. So you can see us discuss the book live, and then you can interact with us in the comments. So as we're talking, you can type the comments, and we refresh the comments so we can incorporate those into the show like we did with Lila I Fayette. Yeah, shout out to you! Thank you so much for participating. But make sure you go on and get your books. And I'm so glad that we started this book club because I I am a reader. I haven't read in a while only because. Because I read so much for work, sometimes I just like to tune out with the, the TV shows and the movie, but I do, I do like the feeling of reading books escaping and also just the feeling of turning the pages with my hand and the bookmarkers and all of that, so I actually just bought three new books. That I'm planning to read through the remainder part of the summer. I don't know if I'll make them a part of the book club, but they're books that i would just been interested in personally. But I'm trying to get back into my reading bag, so I can yes. so I can ex- further explore more worlds and just create a, a create like a a broader worldview or a world outlook. So make sure y'all get. Get y'all Mariah Carey book so y'all we can have more people join a part of the conversation.
1: I used to be uh, voracious every day, kind of on my free time reader. I have since become um, a lot more of a a, a a sporadic reader. Now I will get a now if I get a bug up my ass to read a book, something I'm interested in, I'm on it. Um, I have certain series that if another book comes out, I'm on it. There's a couple of series. The last book in the series came out two years ago. I have the other six, seven books that I've read. I'm waiting for the next one to come out, but the author's getting old, so they're taking their time. I'm not going out the author, but yeah, I'm one of those people that is a reader. I have always been. I won an award for reading as a child, and I feel like reading is not a dying art form in the sense that a lot of us are reading all the time, but pleasure reading the art of non—the art, excuse me, the art of fiction writing, and the art of non-fiction writing, but from the voice of an autobiography or from an author that's actually putting pen to paper, and not just an internet article, is amazing. And for me, I I'm picked wild seed in particular because I like it to escape through my literature. Um, you know, some people like I have a, a really really good friend of mine that reads all the time, but all of the books are self-help books, and that's great wonderful effective it's killing two birds with one stone but i can't read textbooks all the time now if the book the subject matter is interesting that's fine um right now if you want to know what i'm reading it's right here you know i'm a sorority vice president so robert's rules of order <laughs> Is my best friend at the moment. This is my current hardback. I wanted the hardback. They have a lot of online virtual versions and you know uh, uh, some cheat sheets and stuff. But it was important to me that I buy the the actual Robert's Rules of Order, and I am learning. I am learning a lot um, because ultimately I want to be able to use this in other capacities. You know, I told y'all my vision and passion that one day I wanna be the first. Well, not the first. It ain't gotta be the first. Fuck first. I wanna be a United Nations World Trans Ambassador. I'm gonna speak the position. I don't even know if it exists yet. But if it does, I wanna be the next one. If it if, if, if I'm gonna be the first, and I'm gonna be the first. But that's my vision. And I'm learning how to conduct meetings on a large scale. Learning how meetings are conducted using parliamentary procedures so that if I ever do have a career in politics or some type of um, some type of um, political, um, or should I say not political? What's the word for people that uh, you call them? Do, um, what do you call the people that um, have the that, that Work with the embassies, diplomat. I wanted to, I want a career in diplomacy. I didn't mean, I just, I forgot, I know the word, y'all, but you know, diplomacy. I want a career in diplomacy in some capacity, some learning. I do try to do that on occasion, but you know, you're right, Brianna. There is something to be said for so the hard copy, the paper book. And I do that now with Bevy Smith. When I, I was going to do the paper of the hardback. And then I discovered that she said she was narrating her own book. So I was like, oh, well, bitch, I love Betty Smith's voice, her whole everything about Hadwali. You know, I love all of that. So for me, I wanted to get that and I got it in her book. Now you do have to speed it up 1.25 times, but you get it. Um, And that was the first time I had ever really done that for a book from beginning to end and I enjoyed it. And I do do virtual books. I didn't think I would like it, but I had got one of those Kindles back in the day, girl, and I fell in love with it because I can have a lot of different books and it comes out sometimes quicker than the paperback, which is sometimes hard to get. So I'm a big fan of both, but I do like the paper. Some of my favorites, they have to, I have to get them in paper. And before, before we um, go to the
0: next, I uh, now I feel inspired to share some of the books I got. So I got I Can't Date Jesus by Michael Arsenault. So I can't wait to read this. I've been wanting to um, read his books for a while now. And I think it's kind of like a memoir on him. him. And he has another book that came out, I think, if not this year, last year called I Don't Want to Die Poor. Um, And I can't wait to read that. Also, I got the new memoir by Harry Zayed, um, who is a. We've worked together on different things, and I'm super proud of him, called um, Black Boy Out of Time. So, shout out to Harry. And then the last book I got is this um, book called The Prophets. It's a novel, and I've been hearing a lot of. my Black queer brothers talk about this book and about how good this book is. So I I was like, well, let me get this. I want to read this. And you know, I like some things that are Black and queer. So I had to support. So I can't wait to read those. Also, I bought this book last year. I think, I'm thinking we're probably going to have a
1: fall book club um, coming up. Girl, we can keep it going year round. I'm always reading. So this Yeah, time. so
0: I think this is gonna be one of our books. I actually read this last summer or last spring when it came out. Um All Boys Aren't Blue by Um Colleague and Friend in my Head, Georgia. Well, not in my head. I do we have we have had interactions and talked to each other before, um, especially when he lived down here in DC. But All Boys Aren't Blue by George Jim Johnson. I think this is going to be Um, one of our books for our book club and I would love to actually when we have our discussion have him a part of the discussion so um we're gonna put we're gonna put positivity into the air but I don't think he was, he is busy because he has another book coming out like in september and also this book is being adapted into a TV show so I think he's been working on that but he's somebody that I have access to that he will be able to give me a it's not like oh I have to wish that I can get in contact with him I can literally message him on Facebook yeah um, you know we have we have to pass through but
1: we will added to really for our fall reading list.
0: Right, but this is... Yeah, I'm debating if I'm going to read it again or if I'm going to get the audio book where he's narrating... Where, where, Excuse me, where
1: they're narrating the book. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah. I got some boozies I want to add to our fall reading this girl because, you know, I'm going to be the girl that's always bringing us into African sci- African-American sci-fi. So, bitch, I got another book, and I'm going to introduce you to one of my other... My favorite... Now, my favorite book... One of my favorite books is Wild Seed. One of my favorite authors is Tana Narmie Du, and I can't wait to share her with you guys in our fall book series.
0: Yes, but shout out to all of those Black and queer authors. And yeah, I believe all of the authors of my book are, yeah, Black and queer. Work work out. Work out for the opportunities. I've been, this month I was supposed to work on writing the book, proposal for my book, my memoir that I want to write. I just haven't had the time or the space to actually sit down and put pens to paper. But I, I still am inspired to write my particular, my particular memoir in my way. Also, George's memoir, the way they wrote it, it really inspired me that I don't have to be I don't have to write it in like this linear way or I don't have to do this like stream of conscious narrative. It can Literally, be many essays that kind of create the larger book. So, the way they the way they structured their book, it really it inspired me for what I want to do and the type of stories that I want to tell and the way that I want to frame them. So, shout out to George. Love you down. Love you, love you, love you. We will definitely
1: read that book.
0: Um, so before we get into our main show for today, we definitely have to reflect, release, and relate, and look at some of your comments from our previous episodes. Hey. So going into the Patreon streets, we got we to gotta give another shout out again to La Lafayette. La said... For our episode that came out or our episodes that came out last week, but if you saw it on Patreon, it was one episode. And the only reason I split them up is because I couldn't put like the whole thing up on our hosting website. So that's why I had to split them up. Lai said, now y'all reading my comment on the episode. I got my whole life today. On the spy topic, I agree with both Aeon and the Lioness. I think as a society, we need to have the ability to exist as we are, especially if the space we occupy is affirming and supportive of our existence. But we as trans women know that society at large does not want us to exist, let alone occupy spaces they don't want us in. Someone always has to be the first, but this isn't the one for me but I live for that woman's ability to express her freedom. I also want to mention that as a black trans woman who doesn't necessarily have passive privilege, the worry is that if physical violence were to occur in any situation, the odds are very unlikely to be in my favor, whether I defend myself or run. We have to ensure our safety while we fight to secure our freedom. Love the long episode, made part of my workday fly. Thank you live for sharing and always sharing on Patreon. That's what the platform is there is for. You get us there unedited, no commercial breaks. You get the raw thing. Sis, your thoughts?
1: Oh my gosh. So, you know, I already sent her love because or them love or that person love because I really, 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 really am appreciative of um the support that we get from our fans. It means a lot to me. When people not only listen to something that you're that you're interested in, but they follow on your journey, and I just live for the level of engagement. I see you on Facebook, I see you on the platforms, and I live for your energy. So just know, if you, for those of you who feel like, oh, I'm not gonna write because the girls is not gonna really, you know, give me the feedback, you see that we are people that are interested in cultivating community. I think both of us are women that have grown and became the women that we are today on the backs of great women who were there to support us on our journey. And while we live in different cities, and while we we don't even we don't necessarily even have the same careers per se, we're both advocates and passionate about connecting with people. And if nothing else, the idea that I connected with one person means the world to me. And I know Brianna feels the same way. So shout out to you. And for everyone else that's listening, please engage. We love it. We appreciate it. We need it. It is how we as content creators thrive and make sure that we're putting out quality content. You know, it, it is not lost on us that we have your attention and we hope to keep it. So please give us feedback and definitely engage so we can keep up the good work. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Lai. Also, dipping into the Instagram streets, and I think what I'm going to do now, instead of getting y'all to write letters to our email, which a small percent of y'all did, I think I'm gonna just write the topic as a post on Instagram and get y'all to respond, because the the girls, the boys, and the non-binary folks had a lot to say in the Instagram streets. So I posted, should non, slash pre-op trans women show their their completely new bodies in a woman's spy per our conversation on the last episode and I'm not going to read all of the comments but I'm going to go through some that kind of stuck out to me so who do I want to read first Uh, Let me start off with Kani Mafa, somebody that has always supported us. Shout
1: out to Kani. Hey, go ahead, go ahead.
0: In the future, people will have to be more specific. So not to confuse or or offend. Example, we allow full nudity for those identifying as women with equal or similar genitalia. If they are clear in the beginning and specific, I don't see an issue with refusing. On the other hand, I think places like that would be nice, though. It's like a co-ed situation for genitalia. Thoughts,
1: to us? I completely agree. Um, she didn't say anything there that I, that I that I that I could disagree with. I think it is it is it, it, it in a perfect world, it would be nice to have those co-ed spaces for genitalia where people could just be and exist, and people weren't concerned. However, I do think. Um, you know, there's a there's a time and a place and a space, and um every spa ain't for everybody, and that's just keeping it real. Um, I do think that more spas should be should be like the one that was let, allowing the girl to be comfortable um and be more inclusive. And I, I hope to see more of that. However, my I'm not bent that um every spa isn't allowing for frontal nudity because I do understand that that's also sensitive. So like I said. Be safe, ladies.
0: I will read another comment from Social Lubricator. I have been thinking about this as someone who has undergone top surgery. What spaces am I included in or not? For this question, I would ask if the business has an inclusive or specific definition of woman, woman with the X space, or woman with the X space. That would influence whether I would even want to engage in their services. But whether or not trans women pre-op or non-op is new. If you identify as a woman and it's a service and space for women, then go. Trans and gender non-conforming folks are already aware of the inherent world and spaces they are not welcome. Live and let be. Not just if it's safe, but not if But if it's not safe, but not just if it's safe to call to because reality says it's not. Do you women? I will read another comment by KPL Grams. Yes, pre-op porn is a multi-billion dollar industry. There is not a high demand for post-op porn, I'm just saying. I have seen artistic photos as well. Somehow we forget how beautiful our bodies are or is because of dysphoria and the fear that people are objectifying us. We need to get back to being proud of our bodies post or pre-op. And I will read one more comment from Bonnie, B. R official. I've actually been to some of these spies. I don't mind it. It will be different and I need to train my mind not to be weird, but all bodies are welcome. And I believe if you truly identify as whatever you choose, it deserves merit. There are going to be some special cases because some people are unaware of their ignorance, but I'm for it. So I think that's a fabulous note to end on. Uh, I wanna thank y'all for sounding off and writing y'all comments. This is this is what we are creating a space for. We, the conversation starts with the lioness and myself, but we definitely want all of y'all to be a part of this conversation. And thank y'all for doing this because it's letting us know that we have to be more accessible and creating ways for you all to express to make it easier to express how you feel or just your reactions to our episodes, whether you agree with what you're saying, whether you don't agree, whether you wanna add something else into the conversation that we weren't, uh, we didn't uh, didn't take count of. So I'm really excited that all of y'all had so so many things to say and we're gonna keep it coming for for next week. Sis, did you have any reactions, thoughts or comments?
1: I didn't, I just, you know thank
0: you all for your participation
1: so we're going to
0: get into our main episode we don't have a formal topic for today but <laughs> we just wanted we just wanted to have a shoot the shit episode where we're not really talking about pop culture stuff although i'm sure some of that will come up but we just want to have like a, a sister check-in just to see where we are where we are like this year has moved so fast. I remember we were talking before the show started and like, bitch, we're literally halfway through fucking July. Like I went to Miami and it feels it feels like I went to Miami so long ago, but it really, it, I think I've just been inundated with so much stuff at work that it feels like it was long ago. But this this year is flying. This point from last year is flying. So I, I just feel like it's important for us to, sit down and just have a conversation and just have like a a big titty womanhood check-in like, girl, how you be a year later? Because both of our lives have expanded and transformed and evolved so much from, I think, of a, I think of us at this point last year and we were still very new in the podcast, very infant, we were in the infancy of the podcast and I remember we were doing the podcast on one day, and we were doing like our live shows on Facebook and Instagram on Fridays. And this, at this point, last year, I was in the process of move moving to a whole other city, to a no, a whole other part of the country, in the middle of a pandemic. And my life has just what my life looked like last year. It doesn't like it. Don't even feel like last year. It feels like five years ago even though i've been just working from home and i and i remember i was so nervous because i did this was going to be my first post job and i didn't know one i didn't know how i was going to perform and also i didn't know what actual experience i was going to get if everything was remote so i was just really nervous about a lot of things and since like where were you at last year
1: Oh, so at the beginning of 2020, I was saying, this is going to be the roaring 20. This is going to be the time that everything was going to take off. I had my vision board. I had my mother's plans. I was supposed to, we were supposed to be making plans to start our move to Hawaii. Like it was going to be like up a year of just grinding it out. Um there were conferences i had i had just i had gotten funding to be able to go to whatever conference i wanted so honey i had laid my year completely the fuck out bitch things were booked i was like i had speaking engagements planned it was a it was a time of optimism it was a time of feeling like i was going to be secure and girl it was the blow of a lifetime. I, if I could be honest with you, I don't think anybody saw what would happen in 2020. But yeah, I'm gonna just stick to what you asked me, which is how was I at the top of the year? I was marvelous. I was, um, starting back in my weight, my working out plan. You know, uh, there would be we going to the gym every now and again still. So I was, I was feeling pretty, pretty good on top of the year last year. I was coming off of what was not the greatest year, um, just because it was a lot of transitions in that year, a lot of transitions in relationships that year. Um, I do remember 2019 being a year of of a lot. It was like, you know, the best of times and the worst of times. Um, But you know this was also like in the middle of the beginning of like the police awareness and so then top of the year there was that little bit of anxiety around like you know uh, whether or not the police were, or how the situation will come whether or not there will be some type of unrest and then right in the middle of that then you have covid and that changed everything but at the top of the year i thought everything was good what about you sis
0: no, I was saying more about, like, where were you at, like, in July, like, July of last year, like, when we were, when we were, like, in the, the middle of the show, Oh,
1: bitch! Like, oh, July is the year yeah, Ju- from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bitch, whatever. July last year. Oh, wait. Well, bitch, do you remember, girl? Because it, it, Yes, I do. So, July last year, um. It was COVID. Still, we were still kind of in that bound up mode. But I do remember had going on a trip. I believe it was to see my mother in law, or something that I did. Anyway, did you I, go to Houston? That was that was um, Juneteenth. So that was so I, that was Juneteenth. But I I, we, did, we did a trip to Florida not long after Juneteenth, like around in July. Okay. We got this a nice apartment. I mean, no, not, uh, not apartment. Which Airbnb? A Airbnb by this lake, and the lake had alligators. I remember, and I remember kind of. We were just. Was this? No, this was before we had our like mis. Miscommun- we have a miscommunication last year? Or was it the year before? That was in August, right? But this was before. This is pre miscommunication, so. I thought we were in a great <laughs> And all was well. I remember kind of being really, really scared about like going down there and traveling. I remember when we got our, um, this is before we got our new car. Oh, we got our new car around this time last year. So shout out to the new car. Woo, 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 woo. Um, the new um, SUV. Um, that's when we upgraded from a car to SUV. And we just sold our car recently. The um, Chrysler 300, praise the Lord. Uh huh. So that's little coin, cool, you know. That's always nice to have a little coin. Cool. And then, uh, but yeah, 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 girl. That's where we were. That's where I was. What about you?
0: Um, I was just, I was ready for new beginnings, but I was scared as hell to relocate in a pandemic. Like, like this time last year, everything was still, Like, I remember, even when i was walking around my neighborhood i lived in a neighborhood up from boys town which is like the lgbtq neighborhood and i think they've since renamed boys town to something more inclusive but i remember walking through there and the 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 high of new, and high noon the sun is out all the businesses are closed like all of the little gay bars up and down the street are closed all of the businesses are closed because people we really couldn't congregate with we couldn't congregate with each other at that time. And I think, if I remember correctly, in the city of Chicago, the it was still the order in place where, it was still like an order in place where we couldn't be outside. So I remember shit was like a ghost town. I just remember I had all of this anxiety about moving because I couldn't really go up in the apartments and everything was all virtual. So there were only virtual t- tours or showing the apartments so i couldn't i was scared that i was going to end up buying something that i was going to hate after the fact and then trying to just the logistics of moving i remember trying to move last summer and even if you pay for your u-haul truck ahead of time i remember i had a one-size u-haul truck by the time by the time it came for me to actually move i had to Get like the lower size because they ran out of my size because so many people were moving during this time last year, like out of cities. So many people, like I remember every day there was like a moving truck on my block because people were moving out of Chicago. I believe people were moving out of New York because so many people had lost their jobs or they were furloughed. So it was just a really tense time to move. But I... It, but y'all know the story, I moved to DC in August. Shout out to my sister, my, my close friend Derod, who helped me with that move and rolled with me. Everything ended up working out with the end, but it was it was it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing like how slow that time was, but how also how fast everything has changed since then. And I don't feel like we're 100% back to normal, but it is nice to be able to go outside and to see businesses open and to see people in crowds again because Miss Thing, it was was like ghost towns last year and we were literally stuck in the house and it's been nice to actually travel and not feel scared. Now, what I will say is when I was, because I remember I had to catch a plane to DC and then leave, to just to get my keys from my apartment and see everything. It was nice to be at the airport and have so much space in the airport and have so much space on the airplane. And you could tell they really cleaned everything. Everything was clean. That was nice, but it was it was scary last summer. Like every the girls was in the house. The girls uh-huh. were in the house. But just as a person, I just feel like. I'm glad we went through the pandemic. I'm glad that I I was just having this conversation with one of my friends when I was in Miami. I needed that pandemic because I needed to go even deeper to work on those aspects of myself that I kind of avoided and just like sit in my pain and sit in my discomfort because I feel like I'm such a freer person after the pandemic and I, I feel like I trust in myself more, I feel like I believe in myself more, I feel like I've developed a habit or technique for valuing myself more in a way that I haven't really had in my adult life, and also I'm open, i I know how to be a recluse and be a hermit and be in my own world, but I'm also open to people, I'm open to people in my own way, I'm open to people. I'm open to going outside. I'm open to like I appreciate being able to be social with people in a way I don't think I appreciated it before, and why it's important for that. So when when I think about this time last year and now, I'm just I'm just very I thank God. I think I thank God for my relationship with my mom. I I, I think. I'm so thankful of how I'm learning to reprioritize relationships with women. Because um, I feel like for so long chasing men, I felt like I had sisters and friends mm-hmm. in my relationship with my mom, but I really didn't prioritize and value them. Uh, when, when we talk about like making investments and in something that it all it, that always is a return for you, my relationships with women especially my mom and my aunties and the trans women, and even cis women in my life, they are just so, they're just so dependable and they're just so consistent and it's always a return. And I just, I I just wanna make sure I'm practicing a habit where I'm just reprioritizing my relationships with women in a different way because like my tribal women is so important to me. And I feel like it makes me a better person. it took like going through the pandemic and just like realizing my patterns and my habits uh, that I that I needed to change some things and I needed to and to value the time that I had with people. I think my relationship with my mom and the stuff that we went through last year, I really appreciate the time that I had with her, whether we're in person, whether it's me calling and checking up on her. Matter of fact, I need to call and check up on her again. But you know, just trying to create habits where. I'm investing into people that are um, consistent to me and also being honest about the ways that um, men in my life haven't been consistent and haven't been reliable and holding, well, not the gay men in my life because they're always reliable, but the, the, the straight or straight adjacent men that I've dated or been intimate with that haven't been consistent and holding them accountable that if you want to be in my life, I need consistency. I need reliability. And if you can't do that or be those things, then I have categories and places for you, but I'm not investing all this. Like, I'm not I'm not blowing off this plan I made with my sister or my mom because you want to come over and fuck. Like, I just, like, I moving forward, my time and the time that I spend with people that I love, that's too precious for me. That's too valuable for me, for me to blow it off to... Um, lay up with you at sure convenience. And I, I've done that for so long. and I, I don't want to do that. Sis, did you want to comment on the conversation?
1: I did. I did. I did. You brought up a few good points. I can relate to um, I can relate to being the kind of um, I'm sorry. Something came up on my screen. There we go. There you go. I can relate to being the kind of woman that at one point prioritized men in a way that was unhealthy. And this is coming from someone that is married. So I have been someone that even as a spouse, even as a, as a partner, you get to this place where society tells you that your happiness, your joy, your, your, your inner peace is supposed to come out of this unit that you've created and you created. And you end up being in this situation where you set unrealistic expectations of uh, another human being who has their own likes and dislikes and feelings and things that they don't want to do and want to do. So uh, there's only going to be so long that I'm not going to be able to do something that I like to do because that's not something you like to do. Before then we realize, aha, we're fucking grownups. We need to have our own thing and i know that there are a lot of relationships out there and the media will tell you and you see on tv and the media and on the um movies this codependent style of relationship where we would never part and we never had an argument and we never that is not healthy that is not real in real life it is important for both partners to have their own friends it is important for both partners to have their own life and as a self-actualized person What Brianna's practicing, which I think is very great, is you have to learn how to make yourself happy. Happiness should not be contingent upon another person being in your life. I'm going to say that again. Happiness is not contingent upon someone else being in your life. You are put here in this vessel to have a purpose. And you are put here in this vessel to do what it is you are supposed to do on this earth. And in that, you are to find your own happiness. I think it is unrealistic for men to put their happiness on a woman and a woman making them happy. And we talk a lot about how toxic that is. Well, women, let's also eat that same pill. Let's take the blue pill. Let's acknowledge that we need to be accountable for our, our happiness. And there's a common narrative amongst women that um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a man. I don't like hanging around women. Women, you know, I don't, I don't deal with a lot of females. And to a certain extent, I understand. However, there is healing in sisterhood. There is joy in self care. There is a wonderful feeling that you get when you prioritize yourself and people that are fucking with you rather than prioritizing your life trying to attract and to pull people into you that are not necessarily inherently interested in you or that aren't really able or capable to give you the fullness of who they are. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to dance with the people. Like I say, dance with the one you came with. I'm going to dance with the bitches that are dancing with me, that have been fucking with me, that have been around and that are there. The men that have come in my life, including my husband, understood that you dancing with me, we over here dancing. So you can dance with me, but I'm a fan, I'm a part of a community, I'm a part of a family, I'm a part of a large collective. So you dancing with us. And I'm gonna dance with your people. But everybody's gonna have to come a little closer because ultimately we gotta be our own people. And the only way you can discover that is when you're single, actually, in my opinion. Because in a relationship, it's very, very hard to not be codependent. But if you're single and you learn what makes you happy and you've learned how you like to travel, what you like to eat, and you learn that your life is not dependent upon somebody else, I believe that you will radiate that level of confidence and you will attract someone equally as confident. When you are operating from a place of need or struggle or lack, or when you're operating from a place of thirst, you will attract thirsty ass people. And I love that in your walk, Brianna, you're demonstrating with your actions that you are seeking to find your own ways of making yourself happy. Because ultimately, you only got one life. And there are people that live their entire life and don't partner. Does that mean that their life was worthless? Does that mean that they they found no joy? Does that mean that they were to be miserable and pining? No. It means that it didn't happen, whatever, but yet it's still you rise. And I love that even in your career, you're focused on yourself, you're focused on what's best for you, and you're ultimately focused on what you know will be the greatest investment, which is fucking with your people. And that's dope.
0: Now, speaking of dating and speaking of men, because you know I, I've been out here, and like I said, I'm open. It's just so, so many of these men are just. It's a, like at this point, it's a key. So. Let let me give y'all a little story. I haven't given y'all a dating story since I talked about the trans men that I was um, considering dating, and y'all, go ahead y'all and talk.
1: know. How- I'm listening. I'm gonna put. I'm, 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 I'm tearing off the camera for a second because I'm gonna get me some wine for this one, bitch. But go ahead and keep talking.
0: So y'all know, y'all know, I'm out here. It's this hot girl summer, but I'm dating. Like I'm open to. Now let me be clear. I'm not open to being in a, in a relationship right now. Because I know now that being in a relationship requires a certain level of commitment that I'm just not not because I'm not scared to do it. I just don't feel like exerting the effort to do it. Or I just haven't come across the right person that I feel like it's worth exerting the effort for. Let me say that. Because if the right person and the right situation presented itself, I would likely be open to going down that road and traveling that path. I feel like I'm mentally in a better space and my life is a little bit more stable where I feel comfortable taking that lead. But I had, I do have a roster of men that I'm talking to that ranges the span of ages that have shown an interest beyond the sexual of wanting to get to know me. So I was talking to a guy who was actually here visiting he lives somewhere else that I'm planning to visit at some point in the future, in a very close future. He he was up here for a number of days. We met on Tinder. The profile was nice. He's very attractive, very handsome. And when we were talking, it was a it was the type of conversation where I could tell, okay, I don't want to have sex with him right away because the conversation is very good. It's very deep. We both have common interests. He he sounds smart. He sounds like he can pivot between it being a sexual conversation, which is what I like. I like a sexual conversation, but I like, especially for cis het men, to be able to pivot back and forth. I'm still a single woman. I'm still a sexual being, but I'm still a woman and I'm still a human being that is multifaceted. So, you need to, if, if you want to stay around long term, you have to be able to do both and, and you have to be multifaceted. I require that. So the conversation is going good, but I'm noticing that as we continue to have conversations, slowly the the sexual vibe slash maybe a training chaser vibe starts to kick in, but I'm fine because he's here on vacation. And if we, if we end up having sex, that's not a bad thing. But he's still showing an interest. Like, he wants to hang out. He wants to get to know me. So, we were supposed to hang out on, on Monday. He wanted to come over and have, like, a, a Netflix and chill situation. He was going to bring his food good. We both had, like, Hulu and Netflix in common. We like to binge TV shows, so we want to come over and binge a TV show. And I was like, cool, because I really haven't had company over my house like that since The Mexican Boy. That I was talking to, which we got back in contact again, but that's another story. But he was gonna come over Monday, and then
1: sun- but, Sunday. That was actually it, a good half, wasn't it? Fuck really fast. The Mex- that was the, the Mexican boy. That was a good half. So you got to revisit that. But well, he's a good half,
0: and I really like him, and he adores the fuck out of me, and he—he's I'm very attracted to him, but he's very basic, like. His his lifestyle and his mindset. He's just a nice boy that I could have sex with, but I can't. We like for us to be the same age. We're not on the same page. And he, when we reconnected, he was just talking about how he's struggling and he can't make no money. And I was like, the devil is a lot. I can't have that energy around me. <laughs> and also that gives that gives me energy. Like you might try to rob me at some point down. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been good to you, I've let you in my home. So like when you get your financials and like you don't have no kids but why are you but he got he got uh, he got kicked out of school and i don't know if baby has a gd i don't know
1: it's um, basically bad choices <laughs> right
0: so we're talking but i just don't feel comfortable having back, him back in my home yet until he gets a stable job but anyway back to the other piece so he was supposed to come over monday then sunday comes and he was like oh I think I want to come see you today and I'm like oh that's fine I got some hours to blow, but I was like I do have an event that i'm going to Sunday night. So it has to be, it has to be between this particular time range, so he was like fine. So the time comes when he's supposed to come I text him, oh I can't come I'm cooking for my family that I came here to visit, can I come later and I, I said well i'll be getting prepared to go somewhere, I was like we can hang out after i'm finished and he had a rental car and he was like, oh cool, I have a rental car, I can come see you. So I was like, cool, I'll give you the address. So the place that I'm going to, mind you, he's coming to visit in DC, the place that I'm going to the 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 show is in DC and he has a car. So I give him the, the address and instantly he says, oh no, that's too far.
1: What?
0: So I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and block you because the spirit is telling me that this is some foolishness. You're a block block, bitch. <laughs> right? How are you telling me it's too far and it's in the same city that you're saying in one? Two, if you really like me the way that you say you do, you should be bending over backwards to accommodate me and see me. Like, I'm I'm just not tolerating the the mediocrity from the men, especially when you're trying to pursue a woman, especially a trans woman. You need to be bending over backwards to make sure that I'm happy, to make sure that I'm satisfied. And you should you should have seen the address, like, "Bet, I'll be there at such and such time to pick you up." And what really pissed me off in that moment is it's too far for you to come pick me up from the bar for whatever reason is you had not to do it, but. It, it, I wouldn't have been too far if you wanted to come over, lay up, and put your crotch in my between my legs. So it's just like, come on and make it make sense. And it's just crazy how men, when it comes comes time to have like a illicit sexual moment with us, they will been heaven and earth, um, travel around the world three times to to come and see us. But when it's to come like be on some like friendship or some just like chill shit, oh, it's an inconvenience. So I instantly knew that if you're not willing to go the extra mile for me, we don't even. I don't even want to lay with you, because if you like that for us hanging out, you won't be. You're not going to give me what I need in the bedroom. So I'd rather just cut my losses now, entertain some of the other men that I'm talking to, and just take it as a lesson learned and move on. But that 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 thing where he gave that it really brought me the wrong way, and I was like, well, what I'm going to do is go to my event. Be wrapped in community and have fun, and that's what I did. So I don't know what's going on with him. I blocked that ass, but it was it was a trap. It was it was a trap. And that situation, like you no know, especially in this dating game, these men, I'm a bad bitch. Like I am a bad bitch because it just and there's just so many reasons beyond the obvious why I'm a bad bitch. Niggas should be bending over backwards to put a smile on my face and moving forward. I just I can't allow less. I just can't. Because you're not gonna find anybody better than me that's gonna bring it to you like me. So you should be putting your best foot forward, especially if you want to take up my personal time to get to know me and hang out with me. Like I expect nothing less than the best. And I just and I just, and if you don't, if you're not going to do that, you can't I I can't allow you to waste my time. My time is valuable. You don't get to, to waste my time in, in my face and not show up and not follow through on the shit that you said you just wanna do. But that little situation, just wanted to give y'all that story. I'm still open, I'm still out here dating, but it, in the words of Roland Ray, if it, if it don't give what it was supposed to give, then I have to give. Sorry.
1: That part. Well, I support it, sis. Um you know you you have said what you said you know there's a time where you know i'm really good at summarizing and and, and giving context but i don't think there's much more i can really add to what you said i mean it didn't give but it was supposed to
0: game girl and i'm tired like these men are so mediocre like they talk a good game they talk a good game but when it's time to follow through like i have men all the time especially on Tinder, like Oh, I really like you. I really like the vibe. Can we go out? Like, I just had this other young boy. He's 21 years old. Um, but he's the conversation has been nice. I want to take you out for ice cream. So, when he comes back to town, I'm expect like, don't just say some nice shit because it's nice. Do it. Right. And you have no reason to do it, bitch, because I can do it for myself. I want to see if you can do it. I already know I can take me out to a nice steak dinner, to the move. Like, and I like doing that shit. But if you're going to come in, you're going to have to do it like I'm doing it or do something better. Like, bitch, I want flowers just for no reason.
1: And it shouldn't be and the Let game. me ask you this. If there was a guy and it wasn't a financial thing, he has the money and he's taking you on a couple of good dates and there's something that you really want to him that want to expose him to. Would you take him out? Expose him to like something like high class? No, 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 no. Like, let's say, for example, for example, like no shade. I, Tierra and I do a lot of wonderful things, but I have like a weird sense of taste in what I like to do. So, like, I'm the girl that'll drag him to to, to like some obscure ass opera. And, like, No Shade, when we were dating, like, it wasn't like a, like a, I need you to pay for everything kind of thing, but I would buy the ticket, like, just on some, I want to buy the tickets and I want to expose him to this is something that I like, even though I know it might mess up me, he like, but I do think as women, sometimes we make it that the entire experience a pleasure in a relationship or in dating is all upon the man and i do believe that there are some times where you can treat your man to an experience or a moment or like a. well bitch i gotta get to the point where i actually
0: have somebody that's my man somebody that actually says i want to date you and i and i want us to be official like i'm praying to god that when that happens that the man actually takes the initiative and says that but i am i am open
1: to um
0: like when I like for example,
1: like let's say like what's what, what's your favorite hot artist right now? Like I want to go see see live. Okay, okay. Let's say you want to go see Letticy live. Well, Letticy's already a date night, so no, he can cover that. But I'm saying like okay, well, my point is this. let's say you want to go see Letticy live, and it was like it was you just decided you saw the tickets and they were pretty affordable. Would you think to buy two for him, or would you just send him the bill to buy it for both of y'all? I mean. But it depends. If we were in a relationship already,
0: I would do that. What let's i say for, is, let's say fourth day.
1: He's taking you. Oh yeah, that will really be cons.
0: Like, that will be consistent. Like the prerequisite is. This would have to be somebody that consist, that is consistent that I know if we set a date for somewhere that he would show up and he wouldn't stay me up or he wouldn't ghost me out. Well, yeah, that like,
1: part, the trade are the unreliable. Right, I mean, that <laughs> keyword
0: reliability. I'm looking for somebody, like, like I said, how my sisters, I can pick up the phone and call them, hey bitch, you wanna go here or go like, I'm looking for that level of consistency of it and reliability with the man, which is something that I haven't experienced yet. Once I feel that, and it's not even a sense of security, it's just the fact that you, wanna, you, you do what you say you want to do. If I feel that, I'll be willing to take the, those risks. But so far, from my vantage point, um, I haven't come across a man that has been consistent or reliable in that way.
1: I just wanted to put that out there because... Sis or or trans. Sis or trans. Let me be clear. I wanted to put that out there because we live in get-a-bad culture right now. No, no, no. no, I know. I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just saying, I know we live in get-a-bad culture. And there were women that would hear you say you gotta, you know, I'm looking for a man to have X, Y, and Z, and they'll take that and misunderstand what we're saying. And I want to clarify that in particular, because we're not advocating for this get a bad culture where the goal is to financially manipulate somebody using your emotions mm-hmm. to kind of create a, a girlfriend experience so you can take their that money. That's not what we're saying. What we're actually saying is, is that we are expecting a balance and equality in the way that we're being met with. So if I'm giving you a certain level of consistency, I'm expecting you, oh, I thought that was the same, it's just a, I, I'm expecting you to have that same level of consistency. If I am, so if I do treat you as a woman, that's something that I choose to do, but I would like to be, and I think that what you're saying is, you would like to be with the kind of man that sees you enough of a, as enough of a priority where you know he got your back. So it's not like I'm doing this and you're going to flake on me or fuck me over or not call me away. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where i meet somebody that shows the fuck up like bitch i i'm trying to get to like the starbucks
0: date where we where i get my child latte and we but like it's just like
1: you all i'm only i'm only getting That's another thing i have girlfriends these young girls now they listen to city girls they listen to meg they listen to these girls that are operating at a very high level and i have girlfriends that would literally be like I will never go on a coffee date with a nigga. Hell no, nah, that's cheap. That cheap ass nigga. No, girl. And I'm like, girl, no, 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 no. Because you no know, shade.
0: Oh. If you're an upper echelon bitch, you can afford that yourself, girl. And you don't have to deal with no white ass nigga. And you have to. There's an expectation of you fucking them at the end of the. Shout out to the grown ass
1: women because we's grown black trans Shout out to the grown ass women that know it is nothing. That feels better than to be able to sit down at the table and know that if, God forbid, this nigga act a fool, I got it. It's not a problem. There's right. nothing like being fucking grown. Maybe that's just auntie of me, very old, baby, middle aged teens, but bitch, it is nothing like being able to sit down at the table. And when you walk up to the restaurant, you know there is nothing in there I can't afford, bitch. So let's run it. Right. That's all the
0: part of the reason why I take my tricks and, like, Bitch, I've been like, if you could take me there, this is nice, but this isn't something that I couldn't do by myself. So if you want to step into my life, you have to be able to do this plus be a good person. Yeah, but I, bitch, I can wind it up down yeah. myself, girl. Can we go to the Starbucks and have, have a conversation and be engaged in a conversation where we're talking right now? And hours? for you
1: young trans women, that might mean. That, and no shade, I love that as, a, as just a protective mechanism. I was very careful and I think that's important to also share too. It was a good strategy of survival for me that I would on purpose. Now, if a man was willing to do this, take me out and I, he had the kind of money, you could tell the ones that got the kind of money because they're not tripping by money, I would not have a problem. But if it was a guy that I met and I wasn't quite sure what he was gonna give, like you meet the you meet the trait that's on the bubble. Like you met him in a way that may not have been the most upstanding, but you feel like he could be, you know, like an upstanding ass nigga, but that you just kind of caught on a hookup. So you trying to go on a date with him. I was that girl, like taking hookups and trying to convert it to dates, but I was nervous. The coffee dates, the meeting <laughs> the coffee date, the meeting at like. Yeah, the coffee dates, the meeting at like nice food courts, like the really upscale ones. I know here in Atlanta, we got the ones that are like in the nice buildings that's got the little shishi little espresso machines. Yeah. That kind of shit. Like that shit is really, really cute for vetting a nigga before you even as a trans woman. Because let me tell you something. There is nothing worse than going to a nice place with a nigga that that, he, that ain't used to going to a trans woman with a, to a nice place. So now we're in a nice place, but you're making it fucking weird, (laughs) okay, bitch. So I'm not even happy because we should have never came here if you're not comfortable bringing trans women to this place. Cause this is crazy. Like I've been to that date where it's like, he's amazed, lean across the table. You know, I don't think nobody can tell. Check please. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So I do want to put it into the space. Just because a nigga got money, also don't mean he gonna be that nigga that's gonna hold you down. So these little coffee dates, these little light dates, it's a good way to your trade, particularly the ones you meet online, because it's low stakes. I'm out, bitch. I can walk out on a latte and feel cunt, bitch. Right. I can <laughs> take my latte with me, bitch. Cause Cause, no, 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 no. When I say walk out, walk out on that bill, bitch. I know. <laughs> he already paid for this little five bucks coffee and I got my coffee and I can go back to class at least that's how it used to be when I was in college. i would be like, all right, talk to you later and I'm walking back to class with a coffee. Bitch, you stay with a Starbucks, I do, don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but
0: like I said, I'm still open, but I'm not looking for a rel- like a serious like against all odds relationship at this point. But I I am open to dating and to befriending, but for for the fellas out there, and not just for myself, but for all trans women or women, period, we need consistency and we need reliability. I want to know that if I propose a date or if you propose a date, that your ass is actually going to follow up and you're not going to stand me up. And you're not going to waste my time. So, yeah, I, I... Again I'm still optimistic I still believe that my person is out there for me but the the now I'm learning not again I'm learning to trust myself and when something feels foolish or don't feel right in my spirits i I give myself permission to disengage because I just honestly feel that somebody that really cares about me or considers my feelings or respects me, they're not gonna play with my time like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Please,
0: please don't play with me. So I guess, I guess before we get up out of here, girl, did you see that video of that white girl in a uh, in the Victoria's Secret acting crazy? I've seen a
1: couple so girls, white girl, goes, girl that goes starts goes crying on the ground. Yeah, as, like fakes. like she goes to hit the black lady. Yeah. You know? And then eventually collapses on the ground like she passed out. Uh-huh. I saw it.
0: Girl, I saw that shit yesterday. That shit I had second night after seeing that. I was just like, here we go. Once again, and it wasn't even just the video or that the the, the white lady was, as she was saying, get the hell away from me, she's chasing the black woman around the store and a black woman is trying to remain calm. It's the fact that none of the stores came in to help her. No,
1: bitch, get into that. That's the part that fucked with my pussy, bitch. That really kicked me. In it's my... the fact that the it's customers. It's the fact in the that school... everybody just stood there and did the blank stare, Or and the, the white, one,
0: the one like white lady was like, "Why don't you leave her alone and stop recording her?" And then the fact that security came in and couldn't do. They said they couldn't do nothing. The fact that the police came in and said they don't see a problem. They, they saw the video, but they weren't going to arrest her. The fact that she went to the police um, station of how to file a report, and they didn't do anything. It's just like, man. Unless
1: you know that America is designed, the system is designed to protect a certain person, and that woman's aggressive, aggressive, what, what they would call ghetto threatening behavior if she was Black, was just allowed to happen. That woman got harassed and like you said, the idea that all these supposed layers of protection failed, that's why when they tell Black people, trust the system, we are trying, we are trying to do something to, we're trying to create levels of protection to help you, make sure you hear that we in that statement, hear the we in we're trying to help you. Because that lets you know that the way that they're structuring it is designed so that we have the authority to decide whether or not you are protected. And that's exactly an example. The idea that white woman could be white woman and go crazy and nothing could happen to her. I work retail. See, I'm triggered. I work retail and I hate Christmas to this day. I loathe the holiday season because I see the ugliness of humanity. I have seen people literally become like destructive human beings. I've seen people revert to childlike behavior because of sales or what they perceive as a discount or because they just are stressed out because they feel like they have to do whatever for this commercialized as holiday. And at the end of the day, they are making people's lives miserable. And as someone that has been a large part of her 20s, working retail part-time and full-time, I will tell you that I hate the holidays. I hate the music. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am starting as an adult to be able to appreciate the mirth of the holidays because I see, I like seeing, you know the children get gifts, and be so happy to show them to me. I like seeing family members kind of get excited about it. But to be honest, I still see a lot of money being exchanged, and a lot of bitches working over overtime with rude ass customers. I see the behind the scenes and the gifts and all that. But anyway, I have dealt with those type of women, and so and it is interesting. These are the type of women that will come in a retail store and bring an item that is not from the store, that we do not even fucking carry, bitch. This is a branded store in the mall. Bitch, this is for Charlotte Roos. We don't carry Russell athletic shorts. You didn't buy them here, Seth. You didn't fucking buy them here. But do you know what? That's the same lady that will act call corporate. Call corporate in such a way that within an hour, someone's calling your store and your job is now in danger and this bitch walks back in with a smirk on her face with the Russell shorts that we don't sell and your manager asks her, how much did you pay for them? And we give her whatever the fuck comes out her mouth because she's a white woman. That is the reality of being in America. There is a different level of of the way the rules apply. And the idea that this woman could take up that much space, the idea that this woman could could essentially create an assault. An assault doesn't require that you make contact. The idea that you attempted and you created the fear, you created the impending belief that I would be hit is enough. It should be enough. If I were white, it would be enough. If she was white, it would be enough. But we don't live in a world where the laws apply equally. And this is just another up example. And I, when I saw it, sis, I didn't even know how to react. Now There's more than one fight video with the Victoria's Secret. That's why I was like, girl, which one? There's the one where the people is just fighting and the Black people standing around looking at the white people fighting like it's ghetto. And, and the white women is just beating each other to shreds in this damn place. So there's more than one out. Apparently the cameras are on the roll this quarter. But I will say, this one particularly bothered me because of the follow-through that failed, and particularly because I do believe that this black woman could have taken it another way and, and would have still been in the right, but would have got her ass locked up for trying to defend herself. And that's really fucked up for me. What are your thoughts, sis? Um, I hope that lady sues all parties involved
0: for everything that they were, especially the police department, because it was just. Like the gaslighting was just at an all-time high, and it's just like this is why we always say protect Black women specifically, and this is why we say that police don't keep Black women safe because when we are clearly the victims and we tell the tell police and these systems our story, and now not
1: even a recording works, not even a recording works. No, because so Record no. the recording did nothing.
0: No. This is why we are on our defund the police shit. This is why these because these they don't they don't keep us safe. They don't keep us safe. They don't believe us. They instantly console and go on the side of the white woman. They didn't throw her on the ground. They didn't handcuff her. They let her walk away scot free, even with videotape evidence. So, what is it going to take for? these systems to believe us and support us. Oops, they weren't, they were never built or meant to support us. So we actually need to operate that the story gets bigger and bigger every day. And now it is because we know this lady's name, the white woman's name, we, she doesn't work, she says she was a teacher's aide, but the school district Released a statement today saying that she doesn't work there. She's not associated with them. But due to we're going to find her information. But all part, I feel like all parties need to be held accountable because it was just it 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 pissed me off and it pissed me off this morning. But it's just it's just it's just and then all of the people, all of the fake allyship, oh Black Lives Matter and all of that stuff and hashtag BLM. But in the face of blatant racism. Nobody had nothing to say. Nobody had nothing to say. He wrote a say. So it's just I. I just hope the black woman in that video feels some sense of relief. Or That's
1: the thing that resonated the deepest in my spirit is the silence. You know, they say sometimes in the middle of a moment, it's not the flaws you remember. It's the it's the people that were silent. It's not the people that say oh, black lives. It's the people that you think. I saw my, I, saw, I thought what I thought I saw what looked like to be other minorities, other brown people scattered about, people that can relate to that kind of behavior. But what was very compelling in that video, the thing that really struck me in my bosom was the idea that there were no one, that it was silence. White women are given permission to act up and there is silence. And I have witnessed it time and time and time and time and time again. It is amazing. I'm going to tell one more story before I go because I really want to drill this home. Christmas Eve. It is late. This is one of those Christmas holiday seasons where they extend them all hours. So, Christmas Eve, I'm not. Now that Stokely the mall closes at 11, I'm not getting out here to buy one. I catch a martyr, the train. So, I'm only going to be able to get halfway. And I'm gonna have to catch a taxi. This is pre I'm about to say pre is this
0: pre-Uber
1: and Lyft? Pre-Uber pre-lift. I'm gonna have to pay a $40 taxi to get on. From a job that's paying me a little more, a little under eleven dollars an hour. Okay. And I'm a man. Well, I'm the I'm the front end manager. But the point is is I ain't getting really paid this kind of money. Kind of bullshit. This woman comes in. It is 30 minutes before close on what is the longest day after one of the longest holiday seasons ever. And she comes and the store is a wreck. And that has to be set before we can go home. The store is pulled the fuck apart, and before we can leave the building that has to be perfectly full or set for when they open those little doors you see at the mall every morning so that means i may not leave out of here till one and if that's the case i gotta depend on one of my co-workers to get me a ride home because now i'm fucked completely for the market i'm waiting and this bitch comes to the reg comes to, i'm 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 at this point where we're running down trying to close the fitting rooms this lady comes up to the stoke of fit rooms with at least 20 items. I mean a pile of items. And she and she comes up to me with these pile of items and she goes, I wanna try these on. I said, Well, ma'am, I believe that at the time it was like six items. I believe it was like six. I wanna just around number six. I wanna say six. It maybe have been less than that, but it was I think it was around six items or less that you could bring it at a time. So I'm, I'm like, ma'am, it's gotta be six items if you can do it at a time. She goes, what do you mean it's gotta be six items? I got I'm gonna I have money. I'm gonna buy all of the items. So then she goes, she looks me in the face, she goes, Sit only six items. So you don't want my money? And I said, ma'am, it's not about the money, it's the policy. Well, you cannot take 50, 53 items. I have them, I mean this pile was bigger than almost she was. And she was, I was like, ma'am, you cannot take 53 items in the dressing room at a time. Like, I can, I, I will help you. And matter of fact, I was even, I remember saying to her, ma'am, I'm really good at this because I'm a shopper too. Because you know, girl, I'm a girl. I'm going to try to keep to the situation. Even though I'm tired right. to take your white ass home. <laughs> I told her, I said, listen, I try to cue to the situation. I said, well, listen, girl, I'm really good at this because I shop a lot too, honey. I'll be right here. I'll throw them across You, All you got to do, take it. When you take when you take it off, toss it across the counter, hand me the thing. Boom, 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 boom. I'll do it for you as we go. Because we're running low. We're, we're, it was a very long day, but she's kind of nearing the end. I'm going to give her this little attention because at the end of the day, if this bitch do spend a lot of money, that'll run my numbers up real good. Because at that point, I am concerned about numbers. And I want to show that we did really good on Christmas because I'm going to be here late anyway. And I might as well have a good day. So I'm like, okay, bitch you're going to spend the money, I'm going to help you. So I'm going to help her. So she goes in the dressing room. Now, there are other people that are in the dressing room that were before her. And, and there are people that I let in after her. And I think we just got to full capacity of the dressing room. Yeah. We just got the full capacity in the dressing room. And so now I'm I'm now kind of in the monitoring phase. I'm putting up clothes. I'm organizing because I got to spin these back on the floor so the floor people can take them back out and put them on the shelves. I'm, I'm doing my thing, my thug thizzle, I'm doing my organization, thanks to my was legendary for getting, for getting that shit organized, bitch, I can tell you what department to go, because I helped do the floor set, bitch, so girl, I'm very hurt, so girl, I'm doing my little thing, and so women are coming out, and they're bringing me the clothes, and I'm like, you have Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, have a good Christmas, Merry Christmas, bitch, I'm trying to get these hoes out, then I hear a woman say, Oh my God, something is leaking! Oh my God, something is leaking! It's it's something wet on the floor. Something wet on the floor. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. So I go all the way to the left, to the corner. Now the white bitch took her five, the the six items in. She took her six items in, and she left the pile outside in the huff. And she stormed in and looked at me real nasty on the way in. So I put her in the room next to the last one. This other woman was in the last one already. It was the one next to the last one against the wall. So I, when the lady first said it, there is a vent over her. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe maybe something, air-conditioning vent was over her. But I was like, I maybe something. Neat. oh, my God, oh, my God. So I walk over to where she is. I'm like, ma'am are, okay? ma'am, are you OK? Ma'am, are you OK? Ma'am, are you OK? She goes, I don't know what's going on. Something, it's water on the floor. So I go, she comes out of the dressing room. And she has this disgusting look on her face. And she kind of just pushed the clothes in my hand and passed me. And I'm standing there. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I mean, I'm like, in my mind? bitch. Of course I might work that loud. I'm looking around on the phone. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I take her pile of clothes and I go to set them down and I turn around and the other lady's coming out of the dressing room, the nasty bitch. I I call her the nasty bitch because I'm explaining the moment. She comes out of the dressing room and she hands me the clothes. No, 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 no. I'm lying. She she comes out of the dressing room and I go to think that she's going to hand me clothes and she just walks past me. And I'm like, Okay, bitch, I see what you're doing. You mad? Because I didn't tell you, you're gonna lay the clothes on the floor. I go in there to investigate. She took a shit, pissed on the floor, and wiped her ass in the clothes that she took in. She wiped her ass in a sweater and she wiped her ass in a satin skirt. The bitch wiped her ass in the clothes that she took in there and shit it and pissed on the floor right before close on Christmas Eve, before we got to clean up the store and I got to put up all these clothes. Now I got to damage out this shit on the floor and who got to mop it, sis? Who gonna mop it? I'm designated to be, I, I told them, y'all heard to get the people up at the front. I am kind of low key, the lead at this point. And I'm telling the people I'm gonna, I'm telling the people I'm gonna manage the dressing room cause that's the biggest hot spot of kind of getting traffic out the store. So I'm trying to manage the dress room. I got the people at the register. It's, a, it's, a, it's Christmas Eve, so you know motherfuckers is calling out and acting like they can't come to work. So bitch, we not running with the staff. We should. And I know I'm going to be here till one o'clock already. And I got the hope that God, this one bitch that half like me, going to take me home. And this bitch has shitted and pissed on the floor on Christmas Eve. Karen. Karen. Before the internet was clocking them and spilling the tea, cameras, that bitch shitted on my Christmas. And it literally shitted on my motherfucking Christmas, bitch. Mind you, bitch, I couldn't go home to see my family because I had to go to work because you cannot take off at retail. It's a blackout season when during during Christmas. So bitch, I remember, I remember. I remember her, This Mama shitted and pissed on the floor and wiped her ass with the clothes and stormed past me on the way out, smirking, left me a married motherfucking-ass Christmas, bitch, Carol. Before they was clocking them on the internet, bitch, I had a real-life encounter with quite a few. And bitch is one of the most terrifying things in the world because you know it's a individual that has never been checked in life, that has never got popped in their motherfucking snout, bitch that has never experienced what it is to be humbled. And these people have a level of privilege that you could never, re- I cannot not relate to. And I have watched them just bend the rules and do whatever the fuck they want. But she wanted me to know what she really thought of my nigger ass and my opinion about what she could do with clothes on Christmas Eve. And that's my story about why white women are overindulged. <laughs> well, so let's take, on, take us one on out of here. This has been another very, very interesting and informative episode. <laughs> <laughs> of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aon. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk.
1: And don't forget to become a patron on the box number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new, exclusive content.
0: And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye! Bye.